0: Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. Today we have our weekly look at the headlines with the AMA's Vice President of Science, Medicine, and Public Health, Andrea Garcia, Chicago. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer, also in Chicago. Hi, Andrea.
1: Hey, Todd, how are you?
0: I'm great, good to see you. And uh, let's get into the headlines. Uh, Number one, COVID, Uh, still big in the headlines. It's been a couple of weeks now since the updated COVID vaccines were authorized hearing a lot of things about how that's going. Uh, Give us the details.
1: Yeah, so we're definitely hearing about a few hiccups, particularly on the distribution side. And I think it's important to keep in mind that this is the first commercial COVID vaccine rollout since the start of the pandemic. So we're now in a new privatized era for these vaccines. And the transition I think has been a little challenging Part of that has to do with insurance coverage and payment. And we're seeing uh, headlines from the Washington Post the New York Times and others. They're sharing reports of people going to get the vaccine only to be told that the vaccines are not covered and they're being asked to pay up to $200 out of pocket for the vaccines because the government is no longer paying for everyone's vaccines in and out-of-network coverage is adding to some of the confusion. It's being reported that some pharmacies are out-of-network for certain people. Other times the vaccines are not showing up on lists of approved medical expenses and some insurers have even said that they require prior authorization. Uh, This is is not just happening to adults. We're also hearing it from, from pediatricians and from parents who had been eager to get their children vaccinated immediately. So there are definitely some frustrations.
0: Absolutely, a lot of confusion. Let's just kind of get to the bottom line. Are these updated vaccines covered or will will some people have to pay out of pocket for them?
1: So they are covered and no one should have to pay for them. Last Wednesday, we know HHS Secretary Becerra explained that anyone with Medicaid, Medicare, or private insurance should have the shot covered without a co-payment. Adults who uh, don't have insurance can request that uh, shot from pharmacies participating in the bridge access program. That federal bridge access program provides vaccines for uninsured and underinsured adults. And then uninsured and underinsured kids can get that vaccine from the vaccine for children's program. Under federal law, COVID vaccines must be covered by public and private insurance, and we know that uh, Secretary Bracera has said that HHS is working with those pharmacies to make sure that everyone understands how this works. Uh, The Hill is also reporting that HHS met with representatives from the different health insurance industry groups. Um, And they've received commitments that these uh, updated COVID vaccines will be covered. The insurance companies told Secretary Becerra that they had technical issues with covering the vaccines, but that's largely, uh, if not been completely resolved. And for people who did end up paying out of pocket, you should definitely contact their insurance company as soon as possible to get that resolved.
0: Oh, that's good news. And certainly definitive direction from Secretary Becerra. Uh, thank you for that update. Uh, so that's the coverage side of this. Let's talk about the supply side. Um, because We've also heard uh, that there have been some issues on the supply side, even though Pfizer and Moderna say that publicly uh, there's not a shortage of vaccines. So what's going on?
1: Yeah, we've definitely heard uh, pharmacies that have had to cancel appointments because the vaccines haven't arrived. Uh, several of the nation's largest pharmacy pharmacy change have acknowledged that this has been a challenging rollout. We know CVS, Walgreens and Safeway have had to cancel and reschedule some vaccines appointments because they're seeing delays in shipments of the vaccine. I think we're hearing similar challenges on the physician side we know physician offices uh, have not have also not received shipments yet according to Pfizer and Moderna they've shipped millions of vaccines but getting them into arms has been challenging Uh, this sounds a bit like deja vu uh, going back to those early phases of the vaccine rollout during the pandemic overall we're hearing reassurance that that those supply issues should be resolving week over week and if you haven't been able to get an appointment, that should be changing very soon.
0: Well, I've scheduled mine, so hopefully it will be there when I get there. Uh, Andrea, does this mean that there's actually demand right now that's kind of exceeding the supply? I know we typically see slow uptake with these rollouts, and there's certainly the very real challenge um, booster fatigue.
1: Yeah, so there was a Kaiser Family Foundation poll that came out last week, and that showed that nearly half of adults said that they plan to get the new COVID vaccine. I think we're hearing less enthusiasm from parents about getting their children vaccinated. While the updated vaccine is recommended for children six months and up, that poll showed that fewer than four in 10 parents say they expect to get the vaccine for their children. Uh, That's not translating to all vaccines though. I think that latest survey shows um, some larger shares of eligible people expecting to get their annual flu shot and the newly recommended RSV vaccine. Uh, Most adults say uh, that they have already gotten or expect to get their flu shot. And most adults age 60 and older say they've already gotten or expect to get that RSV vaccine, which is recommended specifically for that age group. So we certainly have some work to do in making sure that people get those updated COVID vaccines.
0: Andrew, we do have new data that shows that one group in particular should be getting their COVID vaccine. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, so last week we saw even more data come out from the CDC indicating the benefits for pregnant people in staying up to date with their vaccine, including the COVID vaccine. Uh, There were a number of recently released reports that add to that evidence that vaccination during pregnancy helps protect both the patient and the newborn, One study that was published by CDC showed that getting that COVID vaccine during pregnancy can help protect newborns from those serious uh, illnesses and hospitalizations due to COVID. That study found that getting the COVID vaccine during pregnancy lowered the chance of COVID-19 hospitals for babies under six months old by 35%. And for those under three months old by 54%. And then another study showed that 75% of the infants hospitalized with COVID were born to unvaccinated women. So overall, uh, we know that vaccination coverage during pregnancy has been low. It's an opportunity for physicians to help improve those vaccination rates among pregnant persons by making a strong vaccine recommendation and, of course, answering any uh, questions that patients may have about the vaccine.
0: Medicine doesn't stand still, and at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org movingmedicine. All right, well, we're going to switch gears from COVID to another big headline. It's something we haven't talked about much here, and that's Ozempic, the weight loss drug that's been gaining in popularity. Andrea, why is it making headlines now?
1: Yeah, so Ozempic is approved for type 2 diabetes, but it's often used for weight loss. It's been gaining in popularity pretty quickly, and it's not just Ozempic. We know that those prescriptions for weight loss drugs have really soared. Um, There was a a report released last Wednesday uh, that uh, came from Trillion Health, which is a data analytics firm, and it showed that healthcare providers wrote more than 9 million prescriptions for our Ozempec and similar drugs in the final three months of 2022. Uh, And that number is likely an undercount because it's based on insurance claims and many, we know many health plans don't cover these drugs. The reason it's making headlines is because the FDA added a a new warning uh, to the Ozempec label fda said the medication will now include a warning about potential intestinal blockage uh, that label warning was also added to the weight loss drug wagovi which is made by the same manufacturer as ozempec the label now reads because these reactions are uh, reported voluntarily from a population of uncertain size it's not always possible to reliably estimate their frequency or establish a causal relationship to the drug exposure. Uh, we know that FDA encourages health professionals and patients to report adverse events. Uh, these are any medications to FDA's uh, MedWatch adverse event reporting system.
0: Well, that's a good thing for people to know as use of course increases. Have there been any other reports about potential side effects?
1: So also this past week, we saw Reuters publish an article suggesting that Wagovi and these other weight loss drugs may be scrutinized over reports of suicidal thoughts. And according to that article, uh, FDA has received about 265 reports of suicidal thoughts or behavior in patients who are taking these or similar medications since 2010. Uh, According to an examination uh, Reuters did of the Adverse Event Database, 36 of these reports describe a death by suicide or suspected suicide.
0: Wow, so what does the FDA typically do in a circumstance like this?
1: Yeah, so FDA definitely monitors these reports to help decide whether or not further investigation of the drug's uh, safety is warranted, and if needed, they take action to protect patients such as requiring a warning label. Uh, Accounts of suicidal thoughts linked uh, to this class of drugs is definitely drawing some attention, including an investigation by European regulators that was announced in July, uh, in a statement to Reuters, the FDA did say it's evaluating these reports and they're going to decide on what, if any, course of action to take after doing a thorough review. I think it's important to note, and, and one public health expert did note this in the article, that you know there are many beneficial uh, drugs that have rare and sometimes dangerous side effects, and those have to be carefully assessed by regulators. There needs to be transparency around those side effects, and, and they also need to be managed by physicians.
0: Well, we'll continue to watch that as more develops, Andrea. Thanks so much for joining us today and sharing these updates. That wraps up today's episode. If you enjoyed this discussion, you can support more programming like this by becoming an AMA member at ama-assn.org join. We'll be back soon with another AMA update. In the meantime, you can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.